Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expand upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and today I bring you part one of a new four-part Advent series entitled God With Us, with today's message specifically entitled God with Zechariah the Skeptic, based off of Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 20, 23 through 25, and verses 57 through 80. So let us dive into the Word today. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's sight, in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you don't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. When Zechariah's service, week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? they exclaimed. There is no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, His name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again and began praising God. 
awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what happened spread throughout all the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear, in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us to the, to the path of peace. John grew up and became stronger in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. Amen. And before I start, I have to apologize for the sound of my radiator next to me. Uh, it is whistling and providing nice heat, which is important. Um, but, amen. There are moments when circumstances in life or deferred hopes and dreams may feel like a weight, a heavy weight, that we carry around with no relief in sight. From the uncertainty of tomorrow to deeper concerns. And while all of us face the mystery of what the future may bring, and all of us do face that mystery, we can be assured that when we pray, God is with us. Anyone who has ever taken interest in the music I listen to knows that while I love to rock and headbang, I have a very eclectic ear. I love all styles of music. Really, I mean, yes, I listen to a ton of rock and heavy metal, I love it, but I also listen to soft rock, pop, electronic, dance, industrial, R&B, uh, some hip-hop, definitely goth, classical, you name it. Now, I admit, I've never been much of a country person, and you might notice I didn't really put that I listen to country music in there, because I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I am a country boy, no? Yes, I am. I've lived in the country my whole life, but that is that is a genre I just don't listen too much to too much of. I, I just I just don't get it. I really don't. I don't get the whole having a baby in the back of the pickup truck with your girl and your bear, you know? Like I just it's not me. I don't get it. Still, uh there are a few country artists I love. Uh Garth Brooks is right up there at the top. Why? Because he's basically a rocker in a cowboy hat. I mean, the guy is one of the best live acts ever. And I know because I saw him live in Central Park back in the late 1990s, uh, which drew nearly one million people. Hard to fathom that crowd in this pandemic era, right? One of my favorite albums by Garth is his album, No Fences. And on that album is one of my favorite songs by him. Not Friends in Low Places, but that is a great song. 
one of my favorite songs by him is Unanswered Prayers. And I, I just want to read you those lyrics. I almost feel like I'll be singing them when I read them. Just the other night at a hometown football game, my wife and I ran into my old high school flame. And as I introduced them, the past came back to me. And I couldn't help but think of the way things used to be. She was the one that I'd wanted for all times. And each night I'd spend praying that God would make her mine. And if he'd only grant me this wish I wished back then, I'd never ask for anything again. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs, that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Now, she wasn't quite the angel that I remembered in my dreams, and I could tell that time had changed me. In her eyes, too, it seemed. We tried to talk about the old days. There wasn't much we could recall. I guess the Lord knows what he's doing, after all. And as she walked away, I looked at my wife. And then and there, I thanked the good Lord for the gifts in my life. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs, that just because he may not answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered. Some of God's greatest gifts are all too often unanswered. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Now, unanswered prayers are a common struggle for believers. They can lead to skepticism, doubt, despair, even hopelessness. We are told by Jesus that all we need to do is ask and we shall receive, right? And again, I'm not just talking about material gain. Praying for, uh, people are praying for all sorts of really important things. I mean, yeah, people pray for material stuff, but that's not what I'm talking about. People pray for things like cures for diseases and for loved ones to find happiness and joy and for oppressive systems to be lifted off of the, of the backs of black and brown communities. I mean, these are really, really important stuff, and yet some of those prayers seem to go unanswered, don't they? Zechariah had been praying too. As a faithful priest, he was praying for the deliverance of Israel. He was praying for God to send help to God's people. It's kind of important. Zechariah had also been spent time praying for a child for him and his wife. All of those prayers throughout his long, lifelong faithful service to God went unanswered year after year after year. As a church like Zechariah, we have also prayed for much, and some of those prayers have come up unanswered. Where might we be feeling doubtful or skeptical about God's care? Hmm? Many have prayed 
and this is across the, ch the church, across America and, and beyond. Many have prayed for the youth to return, for pews to be filled, for the offering plates to be overflowing, so that we can continue being the church, the Newton Church in our case, but the church in general, doing the work of Christ in, a com in the community. Year after year, pastor after pastor, the church has basically seen the opposite of that. Decline in youth, decline in attendance, decline in giving, seemingly all unanswered prayers. So let's look at what scripture has to say about this. Today's passage shows three different reasons Zechariah may have begun to lose hope and become skeptical that God would answer his prayers. And then in one day, all three prayers are answered in one day. First, Zechariah was a priest. Now, I know a little bit about being a priest. Once a year, his division of priests would take their turn serving in the temple. Each day they would draw lots, and the lots were really set in a way that, that whoever drew the shortest lot was the one chosen by God. If you were chosen, you were given the privilege by God's choosing to enter into a holy place and offer prayers for the people, which is which is what the honor of it is. It wasn't just any a string of of lucky, you know, circumstances or lucky happenings. It was it was God's choosing. So this was a big deal. This was such a sacred privilege. You were only allowed to do it once in your lifetime, and many priests never got to do this at all. By this time, at his older age, Zechariah may have despaired of never being chosen for the sacred duty. And one day, he was chosen. Second, Zechariah and Elizabeth prayed fervently for many years that God would bless them with a child. Imagine how they must have felt seeing families and friends being blessed year after year while their prayers seemed to go unanswered. We, any one of us who have children can only imagine the horror of that, not being able to have your own child. We often take it for granted we often live our lives around people who are experiencing such pain and sorrow without even thinking what they're going through. They may be, Elizabeth and Zechariah, they may be lost hope and stopped believing God would provide. It must have been a shock to receive the news of the blessing of a child when both he and Elizabeth were beyond an age where they thought it possible or even likely. And finally, for generations, the prophets of Israel foretold the coming of a Messiah. And this connects back to not only Zechariah as a priest and the care he has for his own people, because priests do care for their people. But this also is his own hope, that his own personal hope that his people would be delivered. There was an expectation for the messianic hope that would bring peace and restoration for the people of God. As a priest, Zechariah was knowledgeable about these prophecies in Scripture. How extraordinary that prayers for the Messiah were now being realized before his eyes. 
even more, God was using him and his family in God's plan for the world. His child, John, would prepare the way of the Lord. Zechariah had Zechariah had good reason to be skeptical, let's be honest. He did. I mean, imagine you're up there in age, 60s, 70s, whatever age they, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever age they might have been. And they're being told that now they're going to have a child? I mean, that's hard to believe. Who were they, Abraham and Sarah? I mean, like, these things just don't happen to people. We know that. We all know that. So, yeah, Zechariah had plenty of reason to be skeptical. But it led him, it led to him doubting when and how God would provide when God did visit him with a message. You see what happened there? Sure, God, he had a lot of reason to be skeptical his prayers would be going unanswered. But when God did show up with the message, he still was doubting when and how God would provide as we saw in verse 18. And this doubt led him to be speechless for a period of time. Yet even still, God was with Zechariah, working on him to restore his hope and the hope of the world. God was working in unexpected ways and on an unexpected timeline that Zechariah could have never imagined. Yes, even when Zechariah was skeptical. Church, let me ask you, where have you seen hope within the congregation or in the community? When have you seen hope within the congregation or the community? When I was looking for a job all those years ago, I prayed and prayed and prayed the prayers just, and, and uh, excuse me, I prayed and prayed and the prayers just kept coming up unanswered. I knew I had to answer the call and I was going to, but I needed a job. Surely God saw that. How can I go through school and support a family with no job? Well, yes, God saw that for sure, but it wasn't God's time for me to have one no matter how skeptical or angry or frustrated I might have been. Then one day, after surrendering to God's timing, I not only got one job as a youth pastor, but I also picked up a gig as a much-wanted substitute teacher. There were, there were two jobs that would help me become a better pastor and would work around my sem seminary and family schedules. And like I said, as a substitute teacher, I had teachers... Uh, requesting me to come in and and uh, and substitute for them because they knew I did well with their kids. Friends, when we pray, God is always listening. When God is with us, God answers prayers in a way that not only changes our situation, but also changes us. And I even hate saying when God is with us, because here's the reality. When God, when is God not with us? God is always with us. And those prayers don't always come the way we ask. And sometimes the things we ask for, they don't come at all. 
But God is with us. And God is the one who truly knows what we need even more than we do. When we pray, we do so because we know God knows what is best for us. We pray because we know God is with us and that God does hear us. Otherwise, why pray? But we do need to approach prayer humbly and put our trust in God, even if that seems hard. God is with us regardless. But wouldn't it rock to be with God? To be on the same page as God? That is the power of prayer as it molds our hearts even closer to the shape of God. Friends, we can be a church community that prays not only for change, but to be changed. We can pray for a church that grows in its prayer life, growing deeper into relationship with God. I know that our church has prayed for youth to come to church. We are now in a season where our youth have moved to college. This happens every now and again. It's a cycle. And we, we would love to see kids from the community come, sure. But why would they? I mean, why would they as is? I'm not saying they won't. We can find reasons to, to, to get kids to come to church, I'm sure. But why would they right now? Well, friends, I'm also here to remind you that we just baptized two young ladies who are now baptized members of this church, and that is an answered prayer. Oh, and they have siblings who are attending Sunday school with other kids who have been a part of our children's ministry. Answered prayers. Now, they won't be in a youth group for many years, but this is God's timing, not ours. Let's, let's minister to the people we have so that they... Hey, how about we invest in them, nurture them, make disciples out of them so that the future of, of, of the youth in our church is as strong and vibrant as it always has been. We're in the season now of nurturing children, and that's a beautiful thing. That's an answered prayer. And that is just one vision on one prayer that we've prayed. Let us boldly vision together how we can join God in what God's doing here at First United Methodist Church of Newton. And if you are from some other community, then be a part of visioning with that community. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this inspiring, hopeful, and challenging message, Lord. We can be skeptical, and we have good reason to. We don't see the big picture. We don't always see the results. And that would cause anybody to be skeptical. You don't hold that against us, Lord. We know that. You didn't hold it against Zechariah. You're not going to hold it against us. But boy, if we could just put our trust in you. Just be with you like you are with us. There's nothing that would stop us, Lord. Help us to be such a people so that we may grow ever more into the shape of you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, it has been uh, a pleasure bringing this message to you. It has also been the most har harrowing two weeks of my life. Um, uh, two weeks ago, well, well, 10 days ago, or no, 11 days ago now. Uh, 10 days was yesterday. Uh, 11 days ago, I was uh, diagnosed with COVID-19, sadly. Um, now, I had done everything I was supposed to do. I had uh, been responsible throughout this entire pandemic. I was fully vaccinated. I was awaiting my uh, eligibility to get the booster shot, which came a day after I was diagnosed. Yay. So um, for some reason in New Jersey, I don't know how this is 
by all y'all where you are if you're listening outside of New Jersey. But in New Jersey, pastors aren't considered essential, which is kind of silly. Um, actually, it's not even silly. It's angering because uh, we deal with a lot of people and we care for a lot of people uh, sometimes uh, when they're not feeling so well. So um, why we were considered not essential and others were considered essential is beyond me. But hey, I followed the rules, did what was ethical, and unfortunately came down with the virus, uh, I think, at a funeral. <laughs> so uh, go figure. Um, but anyway, it's been a long couple of weeks, and uh, so last week I obviously was not in any condition to preach, and so somebody filled in for me, and so I apologize that there was no message last week. I know there's been a couple of weeks of no messages. The week before was intentional. I took that week off. Uh, but anyway, I'm back, and uh, while I'm not feeling completely 100%, I am certainly much better than I was 10 days ago, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, I will put uh, a link to the Garth Brooks video so you can watch that song or listen that song and uh, just remember in the meantime friends you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others go in peace